titles, if you will. Yeah, we talk about titles. I'm DJ Firebrand. This is DJ Bass. We also have a very special guest on here today. Uh, uh, Wilder, are you here? Oh, yes. Hello. I am here. <laughs> All right. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm so excited to be here on Title Talk. I'm, I'm, I'm an eager beaver. Very, very eager beaver. <laughs> And uh, these uh, songs are uh, wood that we're going to be uh, e- uh, destroying and turning into a dam. Right, yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, myself, oh, my, you... my carpentry tools. I, I've brought in uh, Eaten by Worms by Nothing. What have you brought in, uh, Bast? Uh, I have brought in Which Way to America by Living Color. And Walter? I brought in Untitled by Shotmaker. I really wanted to put you guys in the pickle. I put an Untitled song on Title Talk just to really, to really get your goat. We've been, we've been duped. Oh, no. Yeah, you got That's smarted, yeah. So duped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm so satisfied. I'd like all listeners to note that any uh, views, opinions, views or opinions expressed here on uh, uh, Title Talk are just views of DJ Bast, myself, and uh, now DJ Wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, and are not representative at all of uh, WFHB uh, as an organization. Well, uh, how should we do this? What order should we do the songs in? Uh, we can do the traditional way. We can do... Uh, uh, myself, then Bass, then maybe Wilder, or we uh, could we could go. Uh, you could also go first, or you could go in the middle. Yeah. Um. Well, I I this is really Sophie's choice here. Uh, I really. Hmm. I mean, I'd be happy to go last, or in the middle, or first, whichever. I mean, I'm less familiar with the show and the content therein. Um. I mean, I've listened, but like, I'm not on the production side generally. So maybe I should go last just so I have, um, I've got some good, the, the wheels are already spinning. Okay. I understand. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Yeah. Well, um, uh, the song I have for you guys today is Eaten by Worms, like I said. It's by a, a band called Nothing. Uh, they have uh, five albums out between 2012 and 2020. 2012 with uh, down, Downward Years to Come. 2014 with Guilty of Everything. 2016 with Tired of Tomorrow, uh, which is uh, the album we're getting our, our uh, song for today off of. Uh, Dance on the Blacktop from 2018, Spirit of the Stairs by uh, twenty uh, in 2019, and The Great Dismal in 2020. Um, this band is uh, how do I say this? They're not uh, what I would consider mainstream at all. As of Spotify, they have 235,000 uh, listeners monthly, which is it's it's not an insignificant amount, but it's it's a decent it's a it's it's not wildly popular. Uh, That's a, and it's not nothing you could say. It's not, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> and it's not wilder popular. Oh man! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm so special. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, according to Spotify, it's a American post shoegaze band formed in uh, Philadelphia in 2010. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's what I have. As a, what is post shoegaze even? Well, I guess we'll well we'll find out. That is kind of. I always thought that was really interesting. Uh, that it was described as post shoegaze rather than yeah. just regular shoegaze. Like, what's what's the difference there? Deftones were pre shoegaze. Oh. Deftones. Oh, okay. What do you mean post shoegaze? <laughs> sounds like <laughs> sounds like Deftones. Well, you've already you've already it's looked at the shoes good. and now you're looking up. It's like that uh that meme where it's like uh finally we found old Zealand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like that. Like, I think how they call it post-punk, but like the Talking Heads came before most punk bands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's really strange. Thing I thought was really funny. It makes me laugh. Well, I mean, Shoegaze is like the most 
that that just makes me that makes me chuckle. I'm chuckling at that one. It's <laughs> a big chuckle for me. We're all chuckling here. Yeah. <laughs> We're all chuckling here. Um. Well. Chuckle talk coming soon. Chuckle talk is indeed coming soon. Cool. Um. So. Just to clarify, you can hear the songs that we're uh, we're playing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, there's a bit of a. I'm listening to the live stream. There's a bit of a lag. Um, like there's a bit of a delay by probably ten seconds, five or ten seconds. Um, so I'm just gonna listen to the song. When you play the song, I'm gonna listen to the song from my own means, so to speak. Okay. Um, so that way I can get a, a better because I can hear it on my phone, but you know it's my phone, which sounds like a phone. Yeah, I understand. The whole picture from phone speakers. So, yeah, so I'm just going to, I'll be able to listen to the song uh, at the same time as everyone else. No problem. Sounds good. Uh, I can't really think of any other way to uh, preface, preface the song. Well, let's, let's hear it. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll have to jump in. Uh, all right. Let's hear it. Again, this is Eaten by Worms. Right now. the song yeah yeah they played instruments and they like did. wrote a song like everyone played an instrument and they made like a song yeah no yeah. I, and there is a there's a, bunch of called f- a track like they made a track from an album which oh yeah and as a it, it does have a title uh so i think it's definitely eligible to it be on, does this, have on a this title. Show. so you've got one on me yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah that's uh, true I, I i can definitely hear the shoegaze in there i would say yeah it's a. Uh, I like it it's really uh, thick and creamy it is it is a very dense tone. Very yes. dense. Mm-hmm. And, which is a, a, a trademark of, of shoegaze as a genre, I feel like. But yeah. Although, do you think they mentioning. were looking at their shoes? Mm, that's a good question. Maybe we'll have to uh, get the band on here and ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm playing riffs in drop D with all of my pedals on, I tend to look at my shoes a lot. Mostly because I'm uh, I'm depressed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Emotionally mm-hmm. rocked. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there is a level of emotional rottenness within this. I can feel it. You know, yeah. I can feel their 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 tension and sadness. Mm-hmm. Comes through very well within mm-hmm. all the different, like seven different delay puddles they have turned on. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I think it's you know, they probably are looking down, looking down on themselves and each other. Yeah. No. I or uh, the worms they're being eaten by. When I'm playing guitar, well, in general, I just. I uh I look at my shoes because uh I get nervous walking into grocery stores and so I have to look at my shoes not to <laughs> yeah, yeah, see yeah. all these scary people walking mm-hmm. around. Anyway. Yeah, you know, and the shadow people when you're playing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the hat man. And the hat man. The hat man is there. He's yeah. waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you take that one more if, step. If, if if you turn on too many delay pedals, the hat man appears <laughs> and tries to talk to yeah. you about his uh uh, his music project. <laughs> his new shoegaze band. There's a song called Hat Man. There should definitely be a shoegaze song called Hat Man. Yeah, you know, sure that is. actually sounds really sick. Somebody out there, make it happen. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm, come on, listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we know dare you. you. Like Hat we Man. triple dog dare right. you, listeners. The song I was, I was going to say about this song, um, the quieter parts sounded a lot like Creep to me. Oh, like yeah. By Radiohead. It has a similar yeah. feel, I feel like. like. Well, also, I feel like kind of like the, like, style and like melody was very similar 
you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got that, that 90s alt-rock thing with the oh, really definitely. aggressive, um, like, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really quiet, really soft. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, in reading, because like, I was listening to it on YouTube, and one of the YouTube comments says, because I'm a creep. Oh, wait, wrong song. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so we Definitely, were surprisingly on point. In the zeitgeist of the song, mm-hmm, that it mm-hmm. has a bit of a creep thing going. Well, I mean, Which... with, with the thing it has going, uh, I actually, I looked over the lyrics a few times trying to figure out exactly what the song's about, um, and I haven't been able to pin it down. However, I... um, with the help of a very special website called, uh, uh, I honestly don't remember. Uh, genius? This... Is it Genius? Uh, it is not genius. It is like songexplain.com or something like that. Wow. Uh, I'll just go on deep cuts here. I'll yeah. read the um, the, what what is exactly quoted from the website. The song "Eaten by Worms" by Nothing explores themes of friendship, hedonism, and the en- inevitability of certain aspects of life. The lyrics depict a group of friends who are connected until the end, emphasizing a sense of camaraderie and shared experiences. The line "So far our heads" can be interpreted me- metaphorically. Uh, not that I was, uh, taking that literally. Oh, actually, no. I think I was, you I was know. taking it literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Prayer. they were, they were frying their heads, you know. I, I was getting a little hungry right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, they gotta be fried before they can be eaten by the worms. <laughs> uh. The worms have very discerning taste. Yeah. Going back to the, uh, website, though. Uh, suggesting a desire to push boundaries or engage in reckless behavior together. It could symbolize the pursuit of intense experiences or the need to escape from reality. The repetition of phrases like it's unavoidable, unavoidable, ah, geez, unattainable, uncontrollable emphasizes the idea of that certain things in life are beyond our control or understanding. This can be seen as a reflection of the band's acceptance or re- resignation uh, to the unpredictable nature of existence. Um, so, I mean, after that, I feel like... Uh, well, what I was going to say is that, uh, frankly, I would have guessed based on the, like, it, it, you know, it's unavoidable and then the, the name eaten by worms. I was guessing it was kind of more about mortality. I actually was not expecting the kind of, like, friendship uh, camaraderie themes. Yeah, I feel like that was just, like, a, a side thing that was that was being used as a plot device to further, like, the idea of, like, you know, impermanence. Yeah, I mean, I think I can understand both sides of that. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm looking at the lyrics... I think that they're kind of talking about this ineffable sense that you get from doing things in a, like with your friends, doing like crazy stuff with your friends. I mean, mm. I know when I was like in high school and my friends and I do a lot of wild stuff, it, like there was this sense like in the line, it's so practical yet so magical. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's this level of like, well, what we're doing is just like we're being people doing stuff, but those memories you get from it at the end, especially when doing things that are like, like that website said, like hedonist, hedonistic stuff where you're doing it solely for the pleasure of doing it. Um, that is a little bit, there's something that's a little bit transcendental about that. Mm-hmm. Where oh, like, yeah. you're, you're not, yeah. you're no longer just a person doing things. You're like, suddenly you're, you, you're making a memory and making a memory of something, even if it's like not a good memory is like far beyond just doing stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and at the same time, it could just be. A, it feels a little bit like a plot device too, because at the same time, like when you're with your friends doing stuff, and those memories you get are like the memories you get are of the experience more than the people in a in a sense. Yeah, I can get behind that, and I feel like uh uh, 
you know the 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 memories that you do make with friends are are uh something that can be uh uh are one of the few things that can be considered uh at least uh semi-permanent in life you know uh memories in and of themselves while yes a lot of them are lost um depending on who you are and your circumstances they can be remembered for generations past and i feel like that's mm-hmm. and all, obviously true. the the weight of this the decisions you make um will influence uh fate later down the line i guess um yeah and like you teach people about when you when you relay a memory to someone you're going to teach them inherently whether you want to or not you're going to teach them about something that could be pleasurable something that could be fun um because you're like yeah well i did this crazy thing and i had so much fun doing it and that person's gonna be like what if i did that crazy thing it must be really fun um and i think the same thing can kind of go along with people too if you talk about a friend you had um to someone who hasn't had a friend like that or someone that's younger than you then they're going to be like well i want a friend like that too oh yeah Mm -hmm. they're going to get a friend like that and suddenly like this cycle of behavior ends up continuing on and on unavoidably Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i can i can definitely see where you like what you're saying and where yeah yeah for sure um I definitely think this band probably uh, reads a lot of uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, especially, like, there's something about nothing that always read a little bit... Um, existentialist? And romantic, too. Oh, yeah, 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 I can I can get behind that. He's, like, very kind of, like, whispering in your ear kinds of lyrics and vocal style is very, mm-hmm. like, very reminiscent of this kind of, like, romanticism, French romanticism. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, it's very personal. It's very personal and very like uh, in your ear, right in your ear, like ASMR, <laughs> the nothing ASMR channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASMR put talk a microphone up to a- a vacuum cleaner. ASMR talk is coming soon, guys. <laughs> ASMR talk, vacuum cleaner talk is coming. The name soon. of this song. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like that's the extent of my ideas about the song. If uh, do you guys have anything else? Uh, would we describe this as uh, post shoe uh, shoe gaze? Ooh, good question. Hmm. Post shoe gaze. That's genuinely really hard. I, I... It, it's just it's just such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I, 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 what does that yeah. mean? I mean, I know. So one thing that happened in the in the around when nothing started and other bands like Dive and Were and stuff, was that people started saying new gaze, like new metal, and oh, new nice. gaze. Huh. That's... Which, to me, meant more like shoegaze, but it's not heavy. More I... like indie But rock. this one I felt like was shoegaze, but definitely like did have some of that heaviness. I mean, I've... Uh... Yeah, it's very heavy, exactly. Mm-hmm. I actually wonder what all the weird subgenres of shoegaze are. I, I I'm familiar with black gaze as a genre. Yeah, which is uh, black metal. Black gaze and oh. new gaze. I mean, and there's like dream pop and ethereal pop, but like uh, aren't shoegaze. But are kind of like connected. Decent. Yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Huh. So yeah, I don't know about post shoegaze. To me, this sounded like shoegaze but with, like, alt-rock dynamics. I, yeah, yeah, no, I can I can see that. Which I yeah. guess makes it kind of like post-shoegaze, because kind of like when post-punk 
came out of punk is because punk had one dynamic, loud, and then post-punk was like, what if it's quiet sometimes, too? And like, everyone lost their mind. Make, if you add, yeah, and then, and then everyone, everyone quit making uh, punk bands, and they all cropped their leather jackets and turned them into vests, mm-hmm. and started clicking back their hair. And it wasn't rockabilly. And punk died. And punk Forever. died the first time. And if only it had stayed dead. If only it had stayed dead, then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you with it. Lot. You know, I, I, my problem with rock and roll is definitely that every time you think it's done for, it just keeps crawling back. <laughs> yeah. I love when people say, like, rock is dead. I'm like, well, for the next, like, until the next micro-genre of shoegaze comes out. Yeah. And someone starts adding, like, a flugelhorn. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, rock is coming back. Full swing. Maroomba shoe, gaze. Shoe gaze with, like, a whole brass section. Yeah. Yeah. Ska gaze. <laughs> Ska gaze? No! We need it. We, I need it. I need it now. That would be so gross. Um. <laughs> so, like, imagine that, like, how do you skank to shoe gaze? <laughs> so ba- yeah, it was, so basically, you're like doing those like ska ri- like uh, like uh, rhythms, but you know, it's it's with just uh, just a million delay pedals. You know, you can't look at your feet while playing a trombone because then the bell will be towards the ground. What it. if it like bends upward? What if we what if we run uh, the whole brass section through multiple delay oh, pedals? God. Oh, cool. no. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, I feel like at that point we're, we're going into noise territory. Yeah, anyway. Um, rock is dead, then who cares? Yeah. You can make it into noise. That's true, that's yeah, true. Yeah, let's defile Rock's corpse. Defile, you know? yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, wacky uh, genre combinations, uh, this uh, next uh, song I have uh, definitely uh, is one. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your song? Myself or my song? Your your song. Oh, my song. Okay. Know who you um, are. That's something special. Uh, so um, throw in shade here on title talk. Uh, the uh, the the song is by uh, so it's "Wish Way to America" by Living Color, and uh, that is and they are uh, funk metal. Funk metal. Okay. Funk metal. So and uh, this album is from uh, nineteen eighty eight, and uh, funk metal uh, is like mostly known. I feel as like. Uh, for like '90s uh, stuff, like Primus and um, yeah, Rage yeah. Against the Machine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they were the first uh, funk metal bands. I, I'm fairly certain, uh, you know, like Faith No More may have, and like Fishbone may have come slightly before. Fishbone, but I don't probably. Know yeah, Fishbone. Mm-hmm. But Fishbone wasn't really like. I mean, they were funk metal. They were also ska, hey. which I guess that that connects. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's a little bit of a line that like that's a little bit blurred between those two genres. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. What is funk metal? Wouldn't that be a fun question? Well, we should listen to the song and then we can find out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if there's uh, if we finish all of our thoughts about everything else, uh, yeah. up next is uh, "Which Way to America" by uh, Living Color. Okay. Yeah. I will say, I felt like it was very. Well, one thing is that it uh, 
something that's that's I can always appreciate about, appreciate about funk metal is that there's some uh, pretty cool bass lines in there. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of yeah. like a, a prerequisite, frankly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you gotta have a, a juicy, jazzy, freaky bassist. Yeah. To make some juice. You've got those like '80s hair metal vocals. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Vo- actually, the vocals. I do want to say I love the vocals on like the like outro like part of the song. Mm-hmm. Like they get like so raw. Yeah, yeah. Especially for kind of how like sort of clean a lot of their like uh, sound usually is. You know, um, I, I find that bit very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool that it was like they had all these elements of like old of the day, like rock and roll and hard rock, mm-hmm. like all what are called like pinch harmonics and stuff. Yeah, and like dive bombs, all that like proto metal stuff, along with like really twangy funk guitar. And it was like, I can see how funk metal would have come out of this, but in itself, it was almost more like this crazy fusion. Which makes sense because it's like from the primordial soup was birthed funk metal. And yeah, it's more that's like a primordial true. Yeah. Soup. Mm-hmm. I, I can kind of see this as like funk metal's primordial soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like all the different elements get. You can pick them out here. Yeah. But it's like a different thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I can I can see the the uh, proto funk metal stuff here. Um. I will say it. It did kind of seem kind of uh, like the uh, listening to the lyrics. It was like uh, it almost sounded like the old like uh, just like the all oh, America was good back in back in the old days, the olden days, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I I feel like a lot of it is just kind of uh like anger at like this sort of like uh the difference between uh like the sort of like imagined idealized reality of america and like the actual material reality of america yeah um, yeah and like especially when it, it, it critiques that like golden age 1950s mentality that was yeah basis mm-hmm. like especially i mean in 1988 the 50s were only like 30 years in the past yeah the, the 50s were like the the big nostalgia thing really you know? yeah like, yeah like with you know how like uh, all 2010s, everything was about the 80s. It was kind of like that for the uh, the 50s and the 80s. Totally, and especially like the 50s and the 80s both were like fairly conservative as eras. Mm-hmm. You think about like the politics and like the presidents, you know? Yeah, Reagan, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. there's this there's a connection compared to like the 60s and the 70s that were like a little bit more radical. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, like conservatism and capitalism are like back on the menu in the eighties to a yeah. really heavy, like with a really heavy hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and led to a lot of people using like the sixties and seventies influences to be like really mad at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can but, agree with that. I also noticed it. It almost seemed like um, mm-hmm. uh, a song to grieve the death of the American dream. Um, that's that's at least how how I read it. Uh, I, I feel like because it's, it's always it, literally the name of the song is uh, "Which Way to America," and then yeah. you hear him like, "Oh, where did it go?" You know, um, and yeah. they were talking about like oil prices and all that, and how and it's it's basically just a, a song about um, disliking change, which I feel like um, is something that's a, a trademark of the time. This might disliking I, train uh, change. I, I will say this: I feel like it's um, it feels not exactly like somber in that in like oh like a thing is like died and kind of i i feel like i feel like it leaves there like i feel like it leaves some potential for there to actually be a, a, a road to america right like, oh yeah. I, I feel like it kind of does leave the door open for there being 
something getting better. Like, it, it feels, like, kind of, like, like, it's very angry at the state of things, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's, um, it's not completely, like, defeated about it. Yeah, and, like, when something dies, it gets replaced. You know, it's like the, um, mm-hmm. the conservation of energy. Mm-hmm. Every time one thing dies, it gets replaced by another thing and another thing. And, like, at the same time that it could be, like, leaving the door open for the future, it's kind of represent. it's kind of talking about how, like, the 50s died and were replaced with the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, they were replaced with the, what was then the modern era. Um, but, like, there's a lot also, when I thought a lot of lyrics, is like, there's a lot of comparisons. Things are very similar between the two. It's like, mm-hmm. so there's always an an avenue for change and change is almost destined mm-hmm. but it doesn't like doesn't turn out you know it'll it, it turns out as like being kind of the same which makes sense if it's the same energy always mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate yeah. you making this i believe our most philosophical title talk yet oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oops <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean no, no, no. It's like, I think oh, it's a good thing. It's a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um... Oh, no. Next... Okay. All right. Hmm? Oh, we oh, ha- no. oh, no. Oh, no. No! No, we have, um... We have the, uh... The Antichrist of Title Talk coming up next. Untitled. Yeah, I, uh... So, I, I just, I, I just I, noticed okay, that. Okay, really important like, uh, question. passing glance. Um... Is that a picture of an asparagus on the uh, yeah. on the, the album cover? Yeah, the or? album cover is a photograph of an as- of a piece of asparagus. Yeah, that's oh okay, great. It's an asparagus. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also there's a typo for the. It's a split twelve inch album. Mm-hmm. Each song has a side of a twelve inch. Yeah, there's a typo in the name of the band. Oh, nice. Um, of not of Shotmaker, but of the other one, Maximilian yeah. Colby. They put an I in, made it Maximilian. <laughs> Oh, it, wasn't, it was supposed to be wrong. It was supposed to be Maximilian. Um, <laughs> so they fixed the intentional typo and put in a an, an accidental typo, which I always thought. So, was so, so that's that's like having uh, corn on a split and and making it C instead of K. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very uh it's very postmodern. Actually, yeah. Oh. I mean, I think yeah. Between the typo, the, the asparagus, and the and the untitled, it's it's all very very postmodern. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you think what I wanted to inflict upon title talk today? Oh yeah, yeah. Postmodernism. The, we we want to create a very very postmodern energy in the studio, especially right? in the modern After era, all, like, the, the destroying the modern era. Like, uh, mm-hmm. We've been bringing in and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I apologize for the amount of eighties metal I've been bringing in <laughs> across these. Eighties metal. I mean, but that's the funny thing is like it sounds a little bit like eighties metal. And, like, yeah. because it sounded a little bit like 80s metal, it, like, reminds you of the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a punk band, basically, that was making the 80s metal. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of its own thing. It, it, yeah, it sounded like a, like a, like a punk band emulating uh, metal. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it didn't sound like it was genuinely part of their sound. It was, sounded like they were going after a sound like that. Which I'm, I'm yeah, not they saying were kind that... of making fun of it almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah, and that's 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 an interesting, uh, interesting way of seeing it. Any more thoughts about that? Um, um I noticed in their discography they do a lot of covers. Yeah, there's actually on this same album there's like a Talking Heads uh, cover actually, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, I am bugged to no end by the fact that uh, they spell color with like the U and stuff. 
Um, I love spelling color with the U. I it, love it. It feels so wrong. The U. I only recently found out I was spelling gray the UK way, like a G R E Y. With the E? Yeah, I, I almost always have spelled it with an E. Uh, and I Ooh, only like. I don't like using this year. To me, it's too like primitive. It's like gray. Primitive. A. Like that's what the Y is there for. Yeah. Why would you add an A? Um, I just every time I see color spelled the U, I feel like it's gotta be like color. You know, it it, just, it feels like it has to be like pronounced differently <laughs> to me. Uh, frankly, I am grateful every day that we dropped the U in this uh beautiful, beautiful country that I cannot that, find the way. Yeah, to. that's really modern fun. America and our and our lack of letters. Yeah, I like how we literally like we 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 broke away from Britain, right? And we just like took everything they did and made it a little bit different. Yeah. It's not even like we're gonna use the same stuff as you because that's where we come from. It's not that. And we didn't choose something else. We made our own thing and intentionally made it just slightly different than yeah. British stuff. Like, yeah. like literally, um, our, uh, it's not the, ah, uh, what is it? Uh, it uh, there's some other spellings that are slightly different, I guess. There's, um, uh, the anthem is literally just ripped off of, um, God Save Our Queen, the, the British anthem. Cool. Yeah. So hmm. I find it funny that, uh, both like linguist linguistically and like stylistically with music we've um we've just yeah taken their stuff also, slightly altered it you ever noticed how like many genres of like rock and punk and metal are basically just kind of feel like for a lot of their history are just kind of america and the uk playing catch with each other oh yeah like britain does a thing america then does a thing off of that thing and then britain does a thing like it, it feels like that happens a lot like obviously there's other stuff involved and like uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about like electronic music, mm-hmm. like house music in particular, it was like that was such a big game of catch mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like house music was invented in Chicago, and then it was changed to like what they literally call UK house as a different genre, but it's just the same genre but with UK in front of it, and it does sound different. But it's like they just took the same name; it's like the same thing. Yeah, and it was like, and then there was garage, and then there was UK garage, and it's like. It's the stupidest. It's the most obvious game of catch, and mm-hmm. I kind of like that about it because at least they're being blatant. Yeah, not lying, lying. Hey, bro, can I copy your homework? Yeah, I, it's, it's, <laughs> what I was gonna say is I feel like okay when you go to like early rock and roll. Also, it's like you know it was this stuff. Ha- it was stuff happening in America, and then eventually you know there's like garage bands and stuff happening, and then eventually you have like you know like the Rolling Stones or um. Uh, like, the animals or whatever, like, uh, in, uh, you know, like, the, the UK, like, then kind of just, like, purposely copying the American sound. It, it bugs me to no end also that uh, the most icon- the most iconic version of the most iconic New Orleans song-, song of all time, House of the Rising Sun, is from Britain. Is it? Yeah, yeah. that's really... That, that, it's so screwed up. I hate the concept of the British invasion. Yeah, like, I can get behind it's it. the same music. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. People. Yeah, and then and then I was also gonna say that like a uh, punk was like you know there's like stuff would happen in uh, the UK and then like America would do stuff and like you know it's like um like that and then also heavy metal you know uh, Black Sabbath in the UK uh do, do that and like there's a bunch of American bands who are also kind of like going after that sound and stuff and then you have the new wave of British heavy metal uh, also very screwed up that Motorhead is a British band they feel so American. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They really do. I think about that a lot too. Wait. Yeah. 
They are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, their whole thing is being cowboys. And, like, if you see interviews with Lemmy, it's like, yeah, he's got, a, he's got like, a sort of, like, a British accent. At least we have, like, Pantera or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, if Pantera was British, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, I would I would genuinely <laughs> cry. At that I point, would... do we have a national identity? <laughs> yeah, if our national identity is Pantera, then I'm going to move. That, that's fair. Okay, fair enough, that's fair a good enough. point. Um, well, although the lips do go hard. Yeah. The lips are good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, um, okay, is there any other things we have on uh, uh, Which Way to America? Um, uh, still looking for it. We are. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm leaving it. I found it. We're out. We're done. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, do you have any sort of... Uh, uh, like thoughts before we go into uh untitled um well i'll say that i chose this song particularly because i have a distinct radio memory of this song mm. uh, one time when i was when i was in youth radio when i was like 15 or 16 this was the last song of my playlist and i timed out my playlist to be a little too long and this was the last song and i really wanted to play it and, like, as I was playing it, the Beat Party DJs came in, and they were carrying all their heavy equipment. And they were, like, standing there at the doorway waiting for me to finish and unplug my MP3 player from the interface. Mm -hmm. It was this song I was playing. And I was just, like, so tense, standing there with all of them with their, like, giant suitcases. And I was like, just one more second. The song's just, like, five minutes long. As somebody who frequently takes the 9 to 10 slot, I understand your pain. Um, do they just like go in there and intimidate you? They they kind of do, yeah. The beat party DJs are scary. They're nice people. They're nice, yeah. Like you, you'll show. you'll talk to I them. I really feel bad when I'm taking up their space because they come in and use every every surface. Yeah. Just to make sure that all the surfaces are clean. <laughs> yeah, I always feel bad uh, going a little over by accident and, and going into somebody else's uh, slot. Yeah, it's hard not to. Mm -hmm. It is, but you know. That's the beauty of youth radio. It's a messy experience. Yeah. Messy, not unlike uh, uh, this title talk today. <laughs> <laughs> this untitled talk. Mm -hmm. uh, this is we're on this is untitled title talk. Right? Oh right, we're untitled, untitled talk. Yeah, come on. Dang, sorry, you got me. You got me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, is is that the uh, is that all we got? Yeah, that's that's my intro. All that's right. Story tidbit. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. This is Untitled by Shot Maker. That was uh, Untitled by Shot Maker. Um, it, it's, um... It's definitely got those uh, emo lyrics, you know. Yeah. Um, but but like the 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 good kind, you know, the like '90s hardcore style, or not yeah, even hardcore, like, just like just like. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh not like the emo people would normally think about, like you know, like the pop punk type emo. Mm -hmm. It's like the the more like nitty gritty, real. Some what some would argue is a real, the real emo. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could you could go into the whole copy pasta if you want. Yeah, I was thinking about the copy pasta. I was thinking about the copy pasta. There's a copy pasta. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like um like uh 
I don't know, it's like something about like emotional hardcore being like the only uh, like kind of real emo and how like uh, people who talk about Midwest emo are just as fake as people who talk about post-punk emo. Whoops. Um, <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I could read it. <laughs> I mean, uh, we have, we have 12 minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> real emo only consists of the DC emotional hardcore scene in the late 90s screamo scene. What's known by Midwest emo is nothing but alternative rock with questionable real emo influence. When people try to argue that bands like My Chemical Romance are not real emo, while saying that Sunday Real Estate is, I can't help but not to cringe because they're just as fake emo as My Chemical Romance, plus the pretentiousness. Real emo sounds energetic, powerful, and somewhat hateful. Fake emo is weak, self-pity, and a failed attempt to direct energy and emotion into music. Some examples of real emo are Page 99, Rites of Spring, Captain Jazz, the only real emo band from the Midwest scene, and Loma Prieta. Some examples of fake emo are American Football, Chemical Romance, and Minimal. Emo belongs to hardcore, not to indie, pop punk, alt rock, or any other mainstream genre. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Uh, and also, oh, yeah, this have. is uh, a friendly <laughs> reminder that uh, if your music sounds too weak, you have uh, failed at expressing, apparently. Oh, yeah. That's... Failed to express. Yeah, fa- failed, failed to channel emotion into music. <laughs> Which I was always like, maybe I should make my music sound slightly more hateful. But I didn't make <laughs> black metal, so I decided to keep it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even then, I feel like as soon as you start making music in the taste of other people, then that's when it loses. It's, it's yeah. uh that's, that's the truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember when I was in a band and I said I wanted my band to make people sad. My drummer hated the idea so much that he left the band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and like at the time, I was like, "What a jerk!" And now I'm like, "Well, the fact that I wanted my music to make someone do something is like really stupid." Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of being able to uh, induce an emotion. I mean, you know, like, what's the point of dance music if not making people dance? <laughs> right? Hmm? I feel like, I don't know. Wait. What was wh- it? Huh? 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 <laughs> being on a phone interview is hard. It's like being in a Zoom call. Yeah. Where, like, you always feel like you're about to talk over someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, you guys wish you... You guys be glad you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you come into our show. You you bring us untitled, untitled talk, and you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sit here and whine. And and you think you have it hard? How are we supposed to talk about a title if there's no title? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Talk about the title, please. It's the best. Oh, um, so the, the title. Oh, actually, speaking of, uh, a, a thought I had. Uh, Shotmaker. I found that to be an interesting uh, name for a band. Um, and I'm like, oh, wait, it's somebody who, you know, like, somebody would say, like, in conversation, like, I'm not the one who calls the shots. Or, you know. Oh, so I feel, I feel like, yeah, Shotmaker is, well, I, I was it's thinking like the person it's in either, like, like they, they shoot or it's like they um they make shots as a bartender or it's like uh they they make vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Jab maker. Jab maker. Oh no. <laughs> but I mean I always thought of it as like well I didn't always think about it cuz it confused me. Um I thought of it as like making a three-pointer. Like oh. Baseball. Okay, I see like okay. All right. 
I don't know. I I uh, interpreted it as uh, as yeah, just like someone who calls the shots. But yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. Too. Huh. And shot caller is a, a a less. I don't like that band name as much. Yeah. Dark. Shot caller. Gross. Shock caller. Shock. Ooh. There Ooh. You go. That's it. Oh, I was playing. That almost uh, remi- reminds me of the time when uh my friends. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. What, what time if you're have you? Had my you... friends strapped uh, a shot caller on my throat. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask. Wait. What uh, do you mean? You this reminds you of a time you had with friends? Screw you guys in particular <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> What? Um. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yep. Okay. I I refuse to elaborate I further. I was I was I was gonna just mention that I, I like played Magic the Gathering last night and I joked around with someone about how Skull Clamp would be a good a good band name, but that seems way less important now. Skull Clamp. Oh, uh, have you seen those oh, uh My Little Pony Gathering. Magic the Gathering cards? No. Oh, they're yeah. They came out with My Little Pony, and they're like overpowered too. Oh, cool. They're not overpowered, overpowered, but um. They're they're pretty good. You could like form a whole deck around just one of the ponies, and it, huh. and they made it unintentionally so that you could bring other monsters in from Magic the Gathering, and it'd be like a functional deck. Um, like there's one where like it gains, I think, attack points. I I don't, I'm, uh, I, I probably sound really stupid not not knowing how to play Magic the Gathering, but you, you get don't. you get more attack uh attack points as in like plus one plus one. Um, from uh. If your 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 person has a smile or something, it, it, like from one of the ponies. It, so like on the card art, or like if you have like the the like uh, like specifically in in the cards rules that it smiles on the art. So if That's... if okay, it... do you ha- then have like scenarios where like the like judge has to come in and goes like, mm, I don't know if that's smiling enough. Like what if they make a secret layer card around the Mona Lisa <laughs> and they have to call right then and there if the Mona Lisa is actually smiling or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we need to. This is the worst joke we've done yet. <laughs> we need to. Uh, we need to do this this arrangement of title talk more often. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I the gathering. My friend was like, "Here, play against me," and gave me a deck. Like he had two decks and gave me a deck. Mm-hmm. Then he just destroyed me. Yeah, that's well. That's how that's how playing my sister Thanks, goes. Man, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> like getting into a pyramid scheme, where like suddenly I have no money left. I'm like, oh cool, I have all these yogurt drinks and no money. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. Especially got scammed. I felt a lot like I got scammed. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a I have a bias against magic because of that, mm-hmm. which is probably unfair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think uh, that deck was unfair. Is is what was really unfair there. Was the vampires deck? Ah. Anything to anybody? Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, the zombie decks can get pretty crazy. I, I've heard most decks can get pretty crazy, honestly. That's fair. Um. Yeah. Uh, everything was crazy. I'll be honest. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh, ever since Clooney. Dang. Oh. <laughs> um. I I was just gonna say that I I feel like there's a like most like at all like collectible games like that are are basically just a pyramid scheme that you like get your friends into oh, um yeah. it's like the most toxic pyramid scheme ever yeah because like um because you know it, it, it's hard to get you know like uh, friends interested in like warhammer or whatever when it's like yeah so basically uh 10 guys is like is the cost of a full-priced video game yeah that really gets to people yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I collect vinyl, and at least I can pretend it has value, you know? But, like, when I, like, dust off my record and put it on the turntable and the process of, of getting the record off the shelf, pulling it out of the sleeve, dusting it, making sure the record player is on the right speed, and then turning it on takes about, like, two, three minutes just to start half of an album. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm getting scammed. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting scammed because I have shelves. A- answer me big vinyl mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's all conspiracy vinyl, vinyl stole my girlfriend vinyl yeah. stole my girlfriend and, um yeah i, I can't I, and i can't believe you're 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 just neglecting uh such poor little businesses like spotify of the of their rightful money <laughs> you know yeah i really i wish can't i believe that you know, thing is, i would listen to, i would use spotify but i'd rather just give money to like to like the american military industrial complex like directly Right. Like, yeah, it's like, 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 you know, just, just hurry up the process. Third party. Like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. turn it to, to, to Blackwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that. Easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did we go from uh, Magic the Gathering to Blackwater? <laughs> uh, well, so you see, the color pie in Magic the Gathering means that there is uh, a, the, the color black is representative of ambition and also death, kind of. Uh, kind of. Well, which is just set. okay. Imagine putting together a black water set. Oh, it would be, bla- it would be one, black blue, wouldn't it? If one of them is a uh, smiling, then it, uh, <laughs> you get the get the My Little Pony bonus. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> They're happy about their work. Oh, look at those war crimes! Oh. They're so cute. Um, what I was gonna say, um, was that uh. Um, the funny thing about the Magic the Gathering, like, uh, color pie system is that it's, like, uh, so the, the basic idea is that, like, oh, actually they're, like, representative of, like, something abstract, like, it's, uh, ambition or, uh, like, uh, the, or, like, the wild or the mind or, like, whatever, but it's also, but also red is also fire and green is also, uh, plants and, uh, black is also zombies and stuff. Everything's the seven deadly sins. Oh yeah. No, we have we have two minutes left, guys. Oh man, what are we gonna talk about? Uh, I wonder. We're supposed to be talking about like songs. Well, we can't talk about titles anymore because there isn't one. Oh yeah, because Uh, somebody, uh, uh, because somebody came on the show. You think you can come here on our show (laughs) and not even give us a title to talk about? I'm gonna do it again too. <laughs> I'll do it again. It's probably again. like it endless amounts of untitled songs, huh? We're gonna bring like a twenty minute untitled song next time. Oh, good. I will genuinely. Oh, I will sit here and sob loudly. I will just. Yeah. I would. I would cry on air. Title sob. Title sob. Yeah, that's coming yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Titles are, are, are bourgeoisie simulation. <laughs> Not real. <laughs> Lying to yourself. <laughs> Make a title on something. <laughs> that's what they want you to think. Titles aren't real. Titles are a social construct. <laughs> Alright, well, sadly, I think I have to do the outro. Alright, well, uh, is there anything y'all want to say as closing thoughts? Thank you for bringing me on. Yeah. It's been so fun. Mm-hmm. It has, yeah. Yeah, it has been very fun. We've all had fun uh, making this episode of Title Talk. We hope uh, mm-hmm. you listeners enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um uh yeah feel free to uh, go on any sort of uh wfhb uh social media of any kind and uh 
mention us and you can give us direct feedback and because it'll, it'll find its way to us. Egos. Yeah, it, it uh well no, you can also say some pretty hurtful uh, you can things also, like you can you also like, insult us. You, you you dumb little poo poo heads, you uh you you know you're, all you're, you guys should have brought a title. You stupid. Well, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, this show has devolved so much. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Tune in. Uh, tune in. Uh, whenever we do another one, to well, hear us devolve even more. <laughs> hear us slowly descend into insanity. All right. Well. Uh. Sadly, we have to go. Um. But. Uh. Yeah. Uh, everyone. Uh. Do you want to do a big buy on a three? Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. We had fun.